All right, guys, before we get stuck into today's episode, I want to thank the major sponsor of the Fitness and Lifestyle Podcast, Unify Health Supplements. Unify have the highest quality ingredients on the market along with the best tasting products. You guys can head to unifyactive.com and use the code DJK10 to get 10% off all products on the website. So that's DJK10 at unifyactive.com to save 10% on all products with Unify Health Supplements. Let's get stuck into the show. Welcome to the Fitness and Lifestyle Podcast. I'm your host, Danny Kennedy, and I'm here to help you become the very best version of yourself. What is up, guys? Welcome back to the Fitness and Lifestyle Podcast and this week's episode of the show. Uh, As you would have seen from the title of this episode, it's going to be very much aligned with helping people within the fitness industry that have just either come out of university or just um, finished their qualification to become a personal trainer or, you know, it's, I feel like this carries across to a lot of different areas within the health and fitness industry, not just becoming a personal trainer, um, but obviously it's aligned more so um, to them. So hopefully this provides a lot of value. These are just the things that I've learned throughout my time within the industry and the bits and pieces, the trial and error um, and the things that I like to help people with now, you know, I'm fortunate enough to be in a position now where I have people reach out and, you know, look for advice and whatnot. And I always just think back to when I was in, you know, position of someone who is just newly qualified and looking to establish themselves within the industry and what I would have liked to have received in terms of advice and I guess mentorship, you could call it. Um, so I, I genuinely enjoy helping people around this topic and, I've recorded a, a few episodes on this, but there's been um, a number of questions lately in terms of people wanting um, some more specifics and a bit of an update on it. So that's what we're going to chat about today. But um, before we get stuck into that, I wanted to share with you guys um, a bit about an experience that I had this week. Um, so as you would have heard uh, on the podcast or through my social media, breathwork is something that I've been diving into now for a few years, to be honest. I, I first kind of was introduced to it through the Wim Hof method um, a couple of years ago, maybe like, to be honest, 2017, 2018, maybe, or maybe after that, maybe 2018, I think. Anyway, I just kind of started working on it myself after seeing a podcast, I think it was Joe Rogan's episode with Wim Hof and started diving in and, and really uh, enjoyed the breath work and the benefits that came from that. Eventually went and did a, uh, a breath work workshop um, with a good mate of mine, um, Dean Gladstone, and saw some incredible results and just experienced this feeling that I'd never really felt before. And it was, I, you can't even really put it into words, like the, the physiological and also mental feeling that you get from, I guess, the, the deep dive of breath work, but even the shorter um, little snippets of it. So let's say like a 10-minute breath session, something along the lines of a Wim Hof method type thing, um, physiologically it feels incredible you know hormonally as well it's fantastic for reducing cortisol and calming you down but also allowing you to feel more energy and clarity so it's definitely something that I do pretty much on a daily basis in the morning alongside my meditation and and cold shower and whatnot but if you've been listening to the show for a while you probably would have heard the episode I did not too long ago with Ella Pike um the episode was labeled, I think, The Power of the Breath. So if you haven't heard that already, I'll have that in the show notes or feel free to go back through and have a listen. Um, 
so Ella on, on Instagram, I think her, her tag is the breath boss. But um, anyway, we did this episode and she mentioned how she even got started within the industry was doing this uh, this breathwork session called Rebirth. And it's kind of a deep dive. It's a very extended, longer um, practice, I guess you could call it. And it, it really intrigued me and I really wanted to, to give it a crack and, and try it out myself. So um, earlier this week, myself and a mate, Evan, we, we joined Ella. She took us through this, this uh, rebirth breathwork session. And to be perfectly honest, it was something that I had a bit of resistance to in terms of, I was very excited and really wanted to do it. But at the same time, I had some nerves around it and I'm not even too sure why there was some form of resistance there. And, you know, I've been journaling around that and trying to figure out what that is, but whether it was worried about what may come up, because I think the purpose of the rebirth is to bring up a lot of suppressed um, emotions and, and maybe even memories as well, but also going into it with some form of intention that you want to really get out of it and get some clarity on certain topics or, you know, and, you know potential to have this out-of-body experience. And I knew going in that the minimal expectations is what would lead to the best results from it. But anyway, a quick breakdown of it. And as I said, I'll have the links to the episode I did with Ella along with her... Um, her business page and whatnot in the show notes so you guys can go and suss it out yourself because I would highly recommend anyone who is interested in doing this that you you know you step out of your comfort zone and have a crack because it was an incredible experience like I, I'm not even going to be able to put it into words but I'm going to try my best so we start off um Ella kind of ran us through what the the session would kind of be um how the how the layout of the session would be um you know nice and relaxing environment and whatnot um, and then after that, we put on these eye masks and, and lay down. Going into it, we had to set some form of intention or at least have something um, on our mind as to what we wanted to get out of it and I guess what we were searching for from the breathwork session. Now, keep in mind, this this session, I think in total, we were there for maybe two to two and a half hours. So if you haven't done any breathwork before, I'd recommend at least giving, you know, having some form of experience, um, in my opinion, and maybe Ella would say different, but that's what I would recommend. Um but we started off with four rounds of the Wim Hof breathwork method first. Um, so you get that physiological response. For those of you who have never done it, it's kind of like um, deep belly breathing with a big inhale and then exhaling um, a little bit shorter. And what you're doing is you're increasing your oxygen and reducing carbon dioxide um, and then holding your breath between rounds, uh, which feels increasingly easy as the rounds go on because you're filling your body up with so much oxygen, which is... Um, yeah, I'm not going to try and pretend like I know all the details around the scientific side of this, but um, but we did the four rounds of that first, and then we went into what I believe was called um, fire breathing, and I, I'm fucking sorry if I get this wrong, but I think it was called that. So this is more so mouth breathing. So you're doing a double inhale through the mouth and then an exhale through the mouth. Obviously, this whole time, there's different bits of music and whatnot playing as well, and with the... Um, the Wim Hof stuff at the start, we did like some sound bowls, I think they're called, sound bars or something like that, um, which is awesome as well. It's It just really adds to the whole experience. But we did, I don't even know how long the fire breathing, if you know, if that's not what it's called, then I apologize. But um, I don't know how long that breath work kind of went for, but I have to say it would have to have been around an hour, right? And this whole time, you know, the physiological response, they can be quite different. Something that happens, I think, to pretty much everyone is your hands kind of clench up, like they claw up a bit. So going into it, we knew what to expect, but there's no danger to it. There's nothing that's, you know, going to um, damage your health or whatnot, or there's nothing that can happen. Um, 
which is going to lead to anything super negative, but you just kind of got to be aware of what, what can happen and just kind of surrender into it. And when going into it, my kind of intention was probably around like, I guess you could say self, self worth, but also, um, just the ability to surrender and understand that I guess I am worthy. Um, and, and I was kind of reflecting on some things like from earlier on in life and whatnot as well, some experiences and some self-limiting beliefs that I'd had, but into the breath work, um, you know, it's, it's an incredible feeling. You start to have all these images and hearing all these things as you're going along and you really get into this state where it's just an unbelievable feeling. And I, I can't do it justice on this podcast by talking about it, but I got to the point where I had like this out of body experience. And, um, Ella was telling me that when I was having this, like my arms were literally like raised in the air. Right. So obviously I, this is subconscious. I don't even know what the fuck's going on when this is happening, but, um, you know, I won't go into too much detail around like what, the the out of body experience for, experience for me was kind of around in terms of what like what the message was and and what I heard and saw and whatnot. But basically, it was a complete out of body experience, unbelievable feeling. And then as soon as I had that experience, my whole body, even though I was still doing the breath afterwards and the round was still going, um, my whole body just had this big release, and it was it just gave me a lot of clarity. A lot of emotions come up as well when you're doing it. For me, it was like fucking super emotional to be honest. And very, very draining, but also very freeing. Um, and you just feel super light and, and clear afterwards. But once the round eventually end, uh, finishes up, we did another, I believe we did another round of the Wim Hof breathing. I could be wrong. Um, and then at the end, you do like you scream into a pillow, right? So you're pretty much letting out all this aggression if you've ever held on to aggression and whatnot. And yeah, it's super interesting. But you, you finish that off and then you just kind of relax the body again and eventually start moving around a bit. And then we, we sat up and had to choose between these two decks of cards. And once you get the deck of cards, you shuffle them yourself, put them all on the floor and just pick three of them. And there's a bit of a card reading, um, which was awesome. And, you know, the, the three that come up for me, um, I'll share that with you. One of them was um, Archangel Raphael. The other one was Purity and then Wisdom. And there's obviously a bit of a reading that goes with each of those. And it was crazy how much they aligned with, you know, things within my life at the moment. And also um, just gave me so, like a lot of clarity on certain things. So it's something that I came home, journaled on. I would highly recommend journaling afterwards if you do this experience. Um, and just unreal. Like I was super drained for the rest of the day, super just fucking triggered by it, like emotionally triggered by a lot of things very easily. But I feel like it was a lot of stuff that was suppressed that kind of come up and it's definitely something that I'm going to do again and I think next time I'll try and document it a bit more in terms of video um, and share that experience but just wanted to start off with that and let you guys know that if you're considering doing the rebirth session I would highly recommend it and as I said I would have um, Ella's details and whatnot in the the show notes so you can check out more of her stuff and book in if you want to but yeah unbelievable experience just you can't even put it into words um, so I'm super glad I did that and got out of my comfort zone and that was one of the things I was thinking about while I was doing it is that even though I had this resistance to doing it and this applies for so many things in life I feel you just got to do it you just got to fucking get out of your comfort zone take that next step even if you you know if there's some um resistance there or the unknown and just go like step into the unknown and it's an awesome feeling and you won't regret doing it so just wanted to get that off before we started but now let us let's get stuck into this all right so as i said this <clears throat> this episode really geared towards um fitness professionals who are newly qualified or just come out of university a little unsure on what direction to go with because it is quite hard you finish your qualification there's not really like a how-to guide of what the fuck to do next right 
And I think the one thing that I would recommend, like, or I would mention at the start here is I came into becoming a personal trainer. Like it was, I'd done my qualification in year 11 or 12, I think. And I was doing basketball full time and had no real intention of, of doing personal training, to be honest, because my you know passion and vision at the time was to be playing basketball. That didn't eventuate. I was so obsessed with health and fitness myself. And I just thought, you know, let's, let's just start. And then I fell in love with it straight away, being able to help other people and impact people's lives. Because I think that's one thing I'll mention at the start now as well is that if you're a personal trainer, if you're an exercise physiologist, if you're any, whatever, anything within the health and fitness industry where you're working with people to improve their life, you have to understand that you have a huge responsibility. And, um, you know, it comes with a big responsibility because you honestly have the power to impact someone's life like fucking significantly. So I feel like you should take that kind of responsibility and understand that, you know, it's an awesome opportunity for you. Um, and, you know, it may just be an hour of personal training for you with a client that, you know, you see every couple of weeks, but for that person, that might be the best hour of the week. It might be something they need mentally, physically, obviously. Um, but in that hour or, you know, the guidance you give them outside of the sessions as well, this can be life-changing for them. So if you take, you kind of have that understanding and come into it with that, that, um, that mindset, it's an awesome feeling. Um, and it's very rewarding job. Um, I'll say that. So, once you first qualify, like this is kind of just wrote a few things down that I would recommend in terms of guidance, but it's very important to understand that once you have your qualification or once you have finished your degree, whatever it may be, that is when the real learning starts because I see far too often people like, for example, doing like an exercise and sports science degree or whatever, people finish it up and, and have all this knowledge in their head and all the theory, but they still have no real practical experience. And it's very different because you can have, the most knowledge in the whole entire world. But if you can't communicate it to your client, if you're no good in terms of working with people, um, in terms of delivering the the knowledge that you have in terms of, as I said, communication and understanding people and being able to adjust things on the fly, which is hard to learn at, at the start, then the, all that theory is no good really. So along with, you know, and if you're still studying at the moment, if you're still doing your degree, I would recommend trying to really improve your people skills in terms of communication, um, how you deliver your content, figure out how the best way for you to be able to deliver what you're trying to say and, and just get really comfortable and good at, at getting out of your comfort zone. And particularly if you've never really worked with people before, it's a skill that takes a while to learn. So the sooner you start learning that and the sooner you start getting yourself uncomfortable and, and being able to adapt on the fly um, and communicate with your client or potential clients properly, then that's going to take you a very long way. But as I said, once you finish your, your, your degree, your qualification, that's when the real learning starts because so many fucking people do their degree or do their PT qualification and Look, to be perfectly honest, there's some amazing qualifications out there now, but it's just fucking not enough. It, it honestly is not enough. And everything will ever be changing, right? So there's always new research coming out. There's always new methods. There's, and obviously the foundation, the principles, they'll, they'll remain the same. Like, you know what? There's a reason why, you know, certain exercises and certain um, nutritional protocols and whatnot are still around now that have been around for years because they fucking work and people just try and reinvent the wheel and, you don't need to do that to get your client results or to be, you know, the best in your industry or master your craft, but you need to take every opportunity that you can to learn. And that kind of takes me on to this next bit of advice is that you want to learn as much as possible, whether that is through podcasts, whether that is 
investing in yourself with a mentor, investing in yourself, going to um, seminars and courses, conferences and whatnots to put yourself in, in environments and positions around people who have done what you are trying to do or are at the top of their field or that are doing the research, you know, whether you're subscribing to research papers, whether you're, you know, and <clears throat> there's so many um, evidence-based people out there who are fantastic guys like Andy Galp and Dan Garner, um, Lane Norton, Eric Helms. Um, I mean, there's just so fucking many um, evidence-based coaches out there that can provide extreme amounts of value that aren't just posting on Instagram because they want to get a few likes and whatnot. They're posting legitimate information that is evidence-based and scientifically backed. And if you can go into your whole career within the health and fitness industry with a growth mindset, an open mindset, not a closed one, because I see so many trainers who think that their method is the only way or that because they've got their qualification, that that's it, they're done now. They fucking know all there is to, to know and they fall behind. And if they don't fall behind, they're also trying to coach people and giving them things that is not optimal, it's it's outdated and potentially putting their clients in, in danger or harm just because they're, they're not willing to continue to learn. So I always go into every, you know, every day, every week, but um, when I'm around other fitness professionals with a real open mindset and never always willing to hear both sides of the story and I'm also open to changing my mind and changing my stance on certain things, whether it's training, nutrition, supplementation. If I'm like a big believer, right, um, in what's a good example? Let's say, you know, I use creatine on a daily basis. I'm a huge believer in creatine. It's one of the most um, one of the most uh, researched supplements out there with a lot of evidence to back it up. But if, if I, can t- I wake up tomorrow morning, and there is a mountain of evidence to say that creatine is useless or it's harmful and whatnot, then I'm going to stop using it because the evidence is right in front of me. So you just need to have that open and growth mindset. And as I said, if you can find a mentor, a coach, put yourself around people who are doing big things or or good things within your industry and that know more than you, you know, the saying goes, you always want to, you never want to be the smartest person in the room. Okay. So you always want to surround yourself with people who are going to help you level up, continue to level up and, just leave the fucking ego behind, right? Like leave, try, you know, you want to be passionate about what you do and you want to be confident in what you're trying to deliver to yourself, uh, to your clients and your audience. But you also don't want to come across as, as if you know everything because you never will. All right. So just be open to learn off absolutely anyone and everyone. And, and you're going to put yourself in a really good position to continue to stay at the top of the industry, continue to, to, to be in positions where, you are going to be, you know, I guess, ahead of the pack in terms of education and understanding the nutrition, training protocols, supplementation, mobility, all this type of stuff. But continue to surround yourself um, and put yourself in positions where you are you are always learning and always be open to learn. If you're not, then your your career within the health and fitness industry is good as done. Okay, so that's a really big one. The next thing in terms of the practical side of things of actually working. Um, you know, when I started out, even with the online space, and today's probably geared more towards the face-to-face stuff, I would say. Um, the online is probably a whole new episode um, by itself. But when I first started out in the industry, like I was, I was training people for free initially, and not always because I'm going to get to this point in terms of charging your worth and and not underselling yourself, and also, um, you know, having respect for yourself and. Um, and valuing your your skills um, and your services and your time, most importantly. But what I'm trying to say is that 
there will be times where you need to do things for free. You can't just come out. You can't get a PT qualification, which you can do in a very short period of time now, and think that you can come out and people are just going to pay you a fuckload of money for something that there's fuckloads of other trainers out there that have way more experience than you are, right? So this all comes down to, again, like not that ego is a bad thing, um, but try not to have too much of an ego to the point where you feel like you're you're too good or above something, right? So putting yourself in positions where you're able to do experience, you get experience in certain fields with people, um, take on clients, get people results. One of the best things you can do when you're first starting out as a trainer to get clients um, is to train you know, a, a select amount of people who you know will 100% commit to what their goal is and the work that you are going to give them. Get them results, train them for free, and then you have this word of mouth, you have the social proof, you have the testimonials right there to show that what you do actually works, which will then lead to people wanting to pay you for your services. Okay, but getting that experience, making sure you don't think you're above anything. Okay, so, you know, taking any opportunity that you can, as I said before, investing in yourself with, with you know, with money in courses and mentors and whatnot, but even investing with your time and, and allowing certain situations where you're not going to get paid, but you are going to get the experience, which will then allow you to charge more for your services down the track. And that brings me to the next point is once you get to the point where you are charging for your sessions and you should be straight away, but you know what I'm, I'm trying to say in terms of once you're setting up your prices, do not undersell yourself just to try and get some clients. So I was a victim of this at the start and I see a lot of people do this now, particularly when things are going slowly at the start and the client list is quite small and you're not that busy and whatnot. People charge like absolute fuck all or, or give away free sessions all the time or you know sell fucking five sessions for the price of one, all this type of stuff just to get people in the door. But you have to understand that if someone isn't invested in what they're doing, so if you give someone five free sessions, right, do you think they're really going to give a fuck if they miss a session? They're not because they haven't invested. They have no skin in the game. They haven't had to invest any of their money. So they're not emotionally invested in what they're doing because it hasn't cost them anything. They don't really, they're, they're, dis, they're disrespecting and devaluing your time as well, undervaluing your time. So yes, it's important to do some form of free work and get the experience in certain areas that, you know, are going to allow you to charge more eventually. But when you're setting your prices, you know, regardless of what it is, all right, I'm not, I'm not here to tell you what you need to charge for your personal training sessions, you know. To give you an example of mine, like when I started out, I think I started off at around $80 an hour to the point now where it's nearly $200 an hour. And that comes with time and experience and, and, and you know, prioritizing certain other aspects of my business as well and making sure that it's worth my time and whatnot. And obviously, I've been in the industry now for a fucking long time. Um, going on nearly 10 years already, which is fucking crazy. So, you know, you got to keep that in mind, but just don't undersell yourself and don't undervalue yourself, okay? And and the next part of this, which is super difficult as well, is that let's say you start out and you're charging $100 for an hour session and then you decide to increase your prices. This is something that is very difficult to do, but you need to get really good at having hard conversations with clients because you need to continue to level up yourself and raise your own standards and raise the standards again of, of making sure people are respecting your time and are invested in being with you and training with you. 
And this comes with also being patient because you don't want to come off as desperate by trying to get all these clients. Um, and, and as I said before, undervaluing yourself. But if you raise your price, then my opinion to you, because this is something that I didn't do for a long time and, and it was really difficult to change this once I did make the decision to change, um, you know, working with business coach, um, Dave Torbman, he was, he was awesome for me. But one of the things we had to work on is like, I had clients that were paying me the same rate that what I was charging when I started. And then I had clients on the other end of the spectrum paying more than double that because they were new clients. But I felt bad about asking the old ones to raise their price because they'd been loyal to me. But if the, if they respect you and you're good at your job and you respect yourself, then you need to have these conversations that every time you raise your prices, everyone needs to go up. And if you lose clients along the way, then so be it because you want to make sure you raise your standards, set your standards for yourself and then also like attracting like the right frequency of people as well. If you've got someone and your price and and this is not a bad thing for the client, right? If someone can't afford to work with you, then they can't afford to work with you. You just have to understand that. But if let's say, let's say you charge, again, I'll just use $100, just, just easy, right? So if you're charging $100 and you have a client that comes along and they're trying to get you down to $80, $70 or, you know, you say you're going to raise your prices to 120 and then it's like, oh, I actually thought we could, I was actually going to ask if we could reduce the price, blah, blah, blah. You're going to have to get rid of them, okay? In the nicest way possible, you want to allow, you know, maybe help them try and find another trainer which is more within their price range or whatnot. But you can not devalue or, un- sorry, I don't even know if fucking devalue is a word to be honest. You can't undervalue your services and yourself, Okay, so with the pricing side of things, it can be difficult, but you need to be very um, disciplined with that from day one. And it really does come down to having tough conversations. And this comes back to the very start around learning to communicate and getting very good at understanding people. Because if you don't understand people, then you're going to have a very tough time within the health and fitness industry. And this is something I learned along the way. And this is something that I'm still learning to this day and, and doing so much work around understanding people, human behavior, mindset, getting out of my comfort zone and putting myself in the unknown position of, you know, making sure that I'm able to have tough conversations, even with their, even if they're with friends and people that I, I really respect and like, you need to be able to have the conversations that are going to help continue to build you and your career as well. The next thing, and this, this kind of um, carries on from what we just spoke about in terms of building up your client list, right? Actually, before we get to that, um, that first, the first 12 months, I would say, if you, if you don't know it already, it's going to take you a little bit of time to figure out your niche in terms of what type of training style you enjoy t- uh, training most, which one you're best at, the sessions that really light you up and that you enjoy, um, you know, the things that really give you interest and, and happiness and joy when you're coaching and teaching it. You need to figure that out as soon as possible. Okay, and this took me far too long. I was doing boot camps, I was doing strength training, a bit of boxing here and there, fucking circuit training, all this different type of shit. But it took me a long time to really accept the fact that what my strength was and what I really enjoyed was taking strength and resistance training and some forms of conditioning as well, okay? And then I stuck to that, all right? So if I had a client come along, even if they're willing to pay me full price and they're like, oh, can we do boxing? I was like, oh, I don't actually do that. Like, that's not what I do. Like, I am, in my opinion, one of the, the better strength and conditioning coaches and someone who is able to provide you with this service and this is what I coach and this is what I'm passionate about. If it doesn't align with what your goal is, let me help you find a different trainer because there is fucking nothing worse. You have to understand like you are engaged 
with your client the whole time as a health and fitness coach. It's not like you can sit at your desk and fucking put the headphones on and just switch off and do your work. Like you are engaged. So, you know, four to five hours back to back of personal training feels like a fucking whole day of work because it's so demanding mentally and for your attention that you need to make sure you're enjoying every hour. So if you've got those clients or those sessions where you're really not looking forward to it, it takes its toll on you after a while. So make sure that you figure out what your niche is and stick to it. And this is where patience comes comes into play again. You cannot be desperate in terms of trying to build your client list up and you really need to be patient. It's not going to happen overnight, but you need to stick to your standards. You set these 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 uh, fucking standards or what am I, what's the word I'm trying to think of? Um, not boundaries. I don't know what I don't know what the word is. Let's just go with standards again. Set these standards for yourself, and you need to stick to them. Because, as I said, that's what's going to bring you happiness. That's what's going to attract the right clients, the right people. And the most important thing about picking your niche is, let's say I'm looking for a personal trainer, and I I'm a female looking for a personal trainer who specialises in strength training to build glutes, right? And that's what you fucking love doing. But all of your clients are all over the place. Like you train fucking anyone and everyone, right? If I go, yeah, and the content you put out is the same, you know, the testimonials is the same, social proof is all that as well. Or, you know, even by word of mouth, it doesn't even have to be searching up online. But if I search up online or if I talk to friends and try and get word of mouth of who who is going to be the best trainer for me to, to go and, um, you know, build my glutes and do strength training, if that's not what you're promoting, if that's not the clientele that you are working with, you know, specifically, then you're not going to come up. Whereas if every bit of your content that you put out, every one of your clients that you work with has the goal, is a female and has the goal of building glutes and doing strength training, then the likelihood of you being the person that comes up in conversation or you being the person that comes up online with the SEO and whatnot is so much higher. So you need to figure that out pretty early on and and stick with it, right? And this may change over time and that's fine. But don't try and be the jack of all trades within the one trade of being a personal trainer or a strength coach. You need to figure that out nice and early, stick to it, build all your content, all your clientele around it, um, and, and make, you know, become the master of your craft. Like, fucking own it. Try and become the top of the industry within that space. Learn as much as you possibly can and don't stray from it just to get a few more clients. Now, outside of the niche side of things, Far too many trainers either lose clients or don't build their client list because they're so busy about getting, they're so busy trying to find the next client that they don't take care of the ones they got. So I don't care if you've got two clients at the moment, 10, 20, fucking one, or, you know, you can't say none. So let's say three. It doesn't matter how many clients you have. Put your effort, all of your effort into making sure they get the best results possible because client retention is far more important than acquiring new clients. Because you can get five new clients a month, but if you lose five every month, then you haven't built, you haven't, nothing's grown. You haven't made any improvements whatsoever. So you, you need to focus on taking care of the people that are already investing their time and money with you with the goal of making sure that they are clients for life. You know, you build these relationships with your clients and you, you start to network and you yeah, build this understanding and, and you start to build a lot of rapport with your clients. And if you're getting them results and they like you as a person and you guys click and, and they see how much effort you're putting in with them and, you know, you care more more than just the fucking 60 minutes there or 45 or 30 minutes they're paying you for and they know that you're invested in them, they will stick with you for life. And the very best, you know, uh, form of marketing, in my opinion, is word of mouth. 
And you're going to get that if you've got clients that you're taking care of. And the clientele will continue to come if that's the case. But if you've got a client and, you know, you give them a shit session, you never check in with them, um, you know, there's no communication poor, or poor communication and, and all you're focused on is getting the next client, they're most likely going to leave you as a client and they're never going to refer any of their friends onto you because they've had a bad experience. So you need to make sure that you are focusing on client retention. Next up is networking. This is a skill that I learned very early on and it's something you should take very seriously. Network as as much as you possibly can within the industry, with you know, networking with your clients' network, um, just, just trying to get your name out there but also building relationships because you never know when they'll come in handy. You know, some of the best opportunities that I've had within the industry have come from people or conversations that I thought would not lead to fucking anything, anything at all. But they have because I've, I've put myself out there. I've networked with people who, you know, whether or not they've seen some of my content, whether or not they appreciated the way I treated them, whether or not they um, appreciated my work ethic or whether just come up in conversation with friends or whatever it may be, like it can lead to incredible opportunities. So you need to really focus in on networking online, in person. And, you know, obviously you want to value your time, but you never know what a coffee, you know, a conversation over coffee or a lunch or a networking event or a phone call, whatever, you never know where that will lead to. Because as I said before, I've had some amazing things happen within my career and in my life purely because of networking. So take that shit seriously. All right, a couple more here and then we'll wrap up because I don't want to make this too fucking intense, but hopefully this is really helping you guys. Um, I really hope it is. And, and I'm not going to go into detail around like what softwares and shit to use as well for like programming and all that type of stuff. It's something you need to try out for yourself, I feel, and everyone's method of delivery in terms of content, in terms of all that type of stuff is, is going to be different and accounting and all that type of stuff. Um, you know, I can tell you what I use, you know, for my client programs, I use Trainerize. My coaching app is a custom made um, app through Trainerize for online. Um, for accounting, I use Zero. They've been amazing. Um, other than that, I've always kept it quite simple in terms of I don't use booking systems and all that type of stuff, so that may be something you want to look into. But as I said, this is a bit of a trial and error and it's going to be different for everyone. You just need to find what's best for you. But what I will recommend is to, along with mastering your craft and taking the whole coaching side of things as seriously as possible and the communication and becoming, you know, understanding how to, to be a mentor, how to be a coach and, and communicate efficiently and effectively – you also want to understand the whole world of business and dive into that from fucking day one. So as although I said I'm not going to recommend certain accounting softwares and stuff, what I would recommend is hiring a very good accountant or as best as you possibly can, someone that you click with really well, um, setting up your business effectively from day one. So understanding GST, understanding tax, understanding how to use credit cards if you're going to be using credit cards. Um, you know, starting to systematize payments, especially if you've got like, a, if you're a sole trader or if you set yourself up as a company, you need to understand how fucking tax and all this stuff works because I fucked up royally so many times and put myself in really bad positions because I didn't understand business. Now it's something that I fucking love and I'm learning as much as I possibly can and I'm really diving into it. But I, for a long time, it was a very big weak point of mine and it got me in some really shitty positions and it definitely slowed down my progress within the health and fitness industry because of the business mistakes that I was making. So along with becoming the best coach and trainer you possibly can be, 
really put the time and effort into understanding business and at least within your own business, okay? And and just take that seriously again, similar to early on, like use mentors, um, you know, invest in yourself in terms of education around whether it's courses, listening to podcasts, talking to other people within the industry, um, trying to learn off people and, and always being able to offer something back in return um, for their time, obviously, but super, super important. Now, the last couple of things here um, is you you must continue to try and master your craft, but you need to be patient because it is going to take time. Like it's going to take time to build your business up. When I started out in the industry, I thought to myself, fuck, you know, I'm working at this gym, which has got hundreds of clients of members. Sorry. This will be a piece of piss. I'm going to be busy in a week making fucking bank and life's going to be great, but it takes a long time to build your client list up. But if you are patient, if you don't act out of desperation, you keep making the right moves, align yourself with what you enjoy, put yourself in a space where, you know, you've got real positive energy around what you're doing and you feel good about it. You will make progress. You will build your client clientele up and it will be the business that you want. But if you make moves out of desperation, get frustrated and make stupid decisions just to try and make a little bit of money, you're going to fuck yourself up pretty easily because it takes a long time to build reputation and brand but it takes it doesn't take it takes a very short period of time to completely ruin it. So just be patient. And the last thing I'll say here is the power of documenting your journey through social media. Again, I'm not going to say which ones you should be doing. For me, it's always been um, Instagram. I've built an email list. I've created a website. Um, obviously, these podcasts. You know, using TikTok and shit now. Um, YouTube. I've kind of just found what social media platforms suit me best, and I've documented everything very fucking consistently. So don't worry about trying to create epic videos or polished posts and whatnot. Post as much as you fucking possibly can, and I mean this. Even if you got five followers, I don't give a shit. That will grow over time. But don't focus on how many followers you got. Like focus on if you've got five followers and five people see your post and it helps five different people, that's potentially five new clients. If not, you've just helped five people and that's what your fucking job is. Like that's your job is to help people. So documenting your journey consistently as possible, posting about the things that you probably don't think are uh, things that people would know, but for a lot of people, a lot of other people, it'll... A lot of other people, it'll be the simple things that you don't even think twice about will maybe the one thing that they needed to hear or see, right? So documenting your work with clients, um, you know, taking videos of their exercises, putting up exercise cues, talking about the mindset around training. If you're someone who is educated in nutrition, sharing bits and pieces about the nutritional advice, the goal with your content is to offer value. Your goal with your business marketing should be to offer value. Offer value. Offer as much fucking free value as you possibly can in the way of content and you will be paid for your services. There's a saying that I've, I've kind of stuck to a bit recently and it's people do not pay you for the information, they pay you for implementation of the information. So provide as much value as you possibly can, document your journey regardless of how many followers you've got, reach as many people as you possibly can and fucking help as many people as you possibly can. Um, so I think that's pretty much it. That's, that's all I really want to, to touch on. Hopefully that's, that's quite helpful, but, um, I guess the last thing would be, you know, in terms of being a personal trainer in particular, like you need to figure out what's going to be best for you. I think a lot of gyms are quite different in terms of whether or not you're working as a trainer where you're paying rent and you're getting your own clients, regardless of how many sessions you're doing, um, you know, setups where you are pretty much just getting paid, uh, 
an hourly rate um, and the gym is kind of taking the client's payment and you get paid a rate depending on how many sessions you're doing. Um, and then also just not being afraid to put yourself out there again. Like I said, like when I started out, I worked on the gym floor while I was personal training. So outside of PT, I was also working on the gym floor to meet new members and build better relationships and also help more people and just offer free advice which, you know, some of them led to clients, some of them didn't. But you just need that experience. And, and as I said before, don't ever think that you're above ever, anything at the start or any point really. But, you know, you need to, to do the work and do the time and eventually, you know, the uh, all the good shit will come. So hopefully this has helped you guys. Um, if it has, look, I'd fucking love for you to share this one. Um, my solo episodes usually go for like 10 to 15 minutes and this just went for fucking 40 so, um, you know, in return for this, this free, free content, um, I'd love for you to share it if it's helped you or you think someone that you know would benefit from it. Um, but yeah, I appreciate you guys listening and, um, I'm looking forward to hearing the feedback from this one. And if you are in the industry, good luck to you. Um, I hope this helps. And, you know, if you always keep in mind that the, the goal is to offer value and help people and just continue to master your craft and you're going to, you're going to go a long way. And as I said before, right at the start of the episode, like, take it seriously because you know we have the opportunity to really change people's lives and that's a a big responsibility but it's an awesome feeling as well and very 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 rewarding um so thanks so much for listening guys um appreciate it i'm looking forward to sharing next week's episode with you guys and uh, i hope you enjoy the rest of your day